Hey guys, welcome back to the Podcasters Podcast. Today, me and Kane are going to talk about how to get the best guests. Right, so I've got a few steps to this. So get a pen and a pad, unless you're driving. <laughs> Don't do that. So you need to be really organized to get the best guests. And if you're just starting off, who is in your network? Biggest hack, right? You'll be surprised who you know or who they know, right? You're maybe a few degrees of separation for some really good names. So in your pre-pre-launch marketing that we've done episodes on, during that time, ask people for guest recommendations, see who you follow, see who they follow. Just start there for now. That's step one. Who in your industry or niche do you know of that you want to interview is step two. And by the way, I recommend putting all of these names and any contact information, even if just like a link to their LinkedIn or whatever, or if you can find an email, put it into uh, a spreadsheet or, you know, the, the Google version, like a Google sheet and track it. Because that way, if somebody says no or no for now or circle back in a year or, or whatever, you, you know, you've got this long list. That's what I recommend. Then those people that you know in your sector or your niche that you want to interview, put them into a Google or a LinkedIn related search and see who else might have a similar following, a similar base of knowledge that you might not have even known of. There are probably dozens of, you know, other podcast experts that we could collaborate with that might be, you know, in Australia or in the States you know, other English-speaking countries that we could then collaborate with that we don't know of. They could have pretty decent followings, could have a good agency themselves or whatever it might be. So do some related searches and then put those names in your sheet and then do related searches on those results. And now suddenly half an hour's work, you've got 50 to 100 people. Now you need to reach out to them. I like the personalized approach, LinkedIn, Instagram, something along these lines with a voice note. What do most of us do when you see like a message come through is you preview it in the lock screen. You go, yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Do you ever? No, you don't. Or what I will personally do is if I get a voice note from somebody is I won't open it until I know I've got time to listen to it and potentially action something they're going to ask. And that's that little notification button or that, that little one where it says there's an unopened message. I don't know if it's just me, but it bugs me. Irritating. Yeah. So irritating. So yeah, that's really powerful because your open rate on a voice note is going to be higher and you know that they've seen it. Because if it's a little lock screen notification and it's words and I can see it, well, now I've read half of your message. I get what you're asking and I don't need to it anymore, right? I don't need to open it if I don't want to. And you won't know that I've seen it. But on a voice note, you will. It's more personal. They'll get an idea of your voice, right? It's going to be a podcast. It's very similar. They'll get, um, feel like you can get a good understanding of someone's character by the way they talk. Can't copy and paste a voice note. Absolutely. So that's a really good point, actually. So then it feels way more personal. That's a business idea, by the way. Copy and paste his voice notes. This is AI. AI is done. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. AI can do that, I'm sure. So uh, that is a good approach to improve your open rate. And then you normally get a better and a higher percentage of responses when you use voice notes. So I think that's step three or tip three that I really recommend. Ask for referrals every single time and you should do it on air. Your last question or one of your last questions to somebody on your podcast is, who do you know that I should interview next? Because we are all creatures of ego. And what do we do? If I ask you, 
who do you know that I should interview? You will immediately pick the most notable and the best person that you know, <laughs> which for you is me. Oh, which <laughs> you enjoyed that too yeah, much. Yeah, I did. Um, I told you we're all creatures of egos. <laughs> <laughs> but people will generally rack their brain to think, all right, who's going to be a really good guest? Like who, if, if I tell you like the best person in my phone book, for example, like who am I going to get the most props from? Like from you, if, if I suggest, mm-hmm. which helps you over time. Once you've been podcasting a little while, suddenly the if you're going up a social hierarchy of like D-list, C-list, B-list, A-list, I don't mean like general celebrities, but maybe in your sector, you're going to go up because every single person's going to be aiming up and recommending you somebody quote-unquote better than them, more notable. And if someone gets approached to be a guest, there's a good chance I'll look through to see what other guests you've had. And you've had. And if they don't recognise any of them, they're going to be like, oh, but if they see, oh, I know, I know that guy. He's as famous as me. Yeah, absolutely. And people are aware of these things, even if it's subconscious. And we've spoken about this in terms of marketing, but if word of mouth is the best form of marketing, same as guests. If you introduce me to, you know, a guest, right? They're much more likely to come on the show in that scenario than if I'd cold DM them out of nothing. So you're going to get more people saying yes to you. So it's not always about getting the best guest every single week because maybe your concern currently is, can I get a guest every week? Mm-hmm. The answer is yes. It's actually, once you follow these steps, it's easier than you might think and less work than you might think. But I, when I was doing interviews much more frequently on this feed, that's ex- how I found all the guests. It's just I just asked for referrals and then by the next week I had somebody new. So that was really easy. So voice notes, getting referrals, and if you want to be a little sort of grey hat with it and be a bit sneaky, this works really well. If there's somebody you really want to interview, and let's say, for example, they are A-list in your sector, B-list, right? They're, they're a good name. Go through their social media and see if they're B-list, for example. See who they're associated with that's C-list. Maybe they follow each other. Maybe they, they've done a podcast together. They've joint wrote a book together, whatever, like anything like that. See who you know or see who they know, sorry, that is easier for you to get. Mm. Then you go after the C-list. You do the interview. You publish it. Then you DM the B-list and say, oh, such and such. We've just done a podcast episode. He, they, you know, she suggested that I interview you. Would you like to come on the show? They might not have said that. But if you've interviewed the C-list, you know that they are friends with or are well-connected with the B-list. Mm. You've got that episode published in its public. You can even send them the link. And you'd be like, oh, such and such said um, uh, we should connect and, and come on the show. Chances are they're not going to ask. And if you were a pleasant interviewer, even if they do ask, they'll probably go, oh, yeah, actually, I really enjoyed my time on the show. I had a good chat. And that's going to get much better open rate and much more likely to get a yes when you're aiming up, you're punching up, trying to get a good name guest that you previously had no association with. The Google Sheet idea is vital because often you might get a no, but it doesn't mean a no full stop. It's a no for now, Mm -hmm. i.e. I don't have the time. Um, Maybe, you know, if I'm traveling to, to your country, maybe if you get a slightly bigger audience, so, for example, when we was re- reaching out to Jordan Peterson on behalf of um, Rob, Rob Moore's show, Disruptors, he was saying, no, 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 no. 
But then he was coming to the UK to promote his book. So now he's getting something out of it. Mm-hmm. So then he then reached back out to us after pestering him for a year. Yeah, yeah, actually, I've got time. I'll be in Cambridge. That's really smart. And there's actually one of our clients who does that very well, um, named Michelle. Reaching out to people who have something to promote because they right. are they are in season for podcasting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so exactly. If you reach out to someone who needs to promote something, look at who you get on the one show if you're in the UK or whatever TV That's such show. A rogue choice. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, I don't watch How much TV. I don't watch much TV. Right? I saw my nan's TV the other day, but like. Okay, what's what's the James Corden Late Late Show? That's yeah, yeah. There we go. Who is on these shows? They always have something to promote. Who's on the radio stations? They've always got something to promote. So they're the easiest people to get for a podcast. Because if you say, "Oh well, you're on your way here. You're in the country," mm. like you say with Jordan Peterson, you've got something to promote. How about we record for thirty minutes and then you can promote your book on my Absolutely. podcast to this audience who might be the type of people that are going to buy your book. Now they've got something out of it, right? You've given them a platform, and you might be thinking, "All right, well, how do I know if they've got something to promote?" Here's my little hack. If you go into Amazon, there's actually a tab for up and coming releases. So you can see people who are about to release a book in like the next three months. Mm-hmm. Target that list. Do it by category. If you're in the business space, marketing space, whatever, and target them. See, you've got a book coming out. Can't wait to give it a read. I've got a podcast. This is who my audience is. Would love to have you on the show and talk about your book. Yeah, obviously. And if it's a Zoom interview and it takes, 45 minutes of their time and they can do it from their hotel room or their house whatever it's very little friction for them mm. and you've gone into you've gone into their dm saying i want to promote your book is that okay uh, yeah yeah actually yeah, this is probably <laughs> yeah, that, right that's absolutely that's fine, fine no problem 100%. so those are like my main tips and it's really really important you are organized with that sheet and then you retarget people mm-hmm. and if somebody's really really active on linkedin that's their main channel they're always on linkedin and they're not that active on facebook but they have got a channel message them on facebook because you're gonna have less competition in the dms so message them everywhere if you're not getting a response but not at the same time on the same day give it a couple of weeks in between each message rotate across different um platforms if you can get an email or a phone introduction from somebody you know fantastic but if you dm them where nobody else is really dming them but they're still active ish or you know that they've got an account well then you're much more likely to get in front of them compared to their instagram they might have 50 unread dms but on their twitter they might only have a few hundred followers there and they might have zero dms when they get a Twitter notification for the first time like this week, they're like, oh, what's this? They're more likely to pay attention to it. So uh, to be honest, I lost count. I don't know how many tips or tricks or hacks there are, but these are- Too much value. Yeah, too much value. Gentlemen's agreement. (laughs) I knew you was going to go It's it's going to be done, (laughs) right? What a bridge. Yeah, that is a bridge. (laughs) Listen, look, this content isn't free. You know, we show up twice a week. We're hopefully giving some sort of value. And if you find there is value out of the podcast's podcast- then you've got to do something for us is subscribe or hit follow to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Because as the show grows, the more people you follow, the more people we can help, better guests you can get, the more value and entertainment that hopefully you guys get out of it. And it's called the gentleman's agreement because we don't know if you're doing it. Now, we're just going to show up and hopefully provide value for you guys every single week. And in return, you honor the gentleman's agreement and you hit the follow or subscribe button. would appreciate that. I think so. A question. Do we extend this episode and talk about, what was I going to say? 
how to leverage a guest, how to leverage your guests, or do we do a second episode? Let's keep running. All right. Can do. No problem. So, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> What's the best way to leverage your guests? Right. First of all, show notes, titles, if they've got a decent name and people know their name, promote it. Mm-hmm. We talk about this. We've done an episode about titles. If you're, you know, you haven't got a really well-known guest name, don't put it as the first thing in the title. Oh, right. In the title at the end, but you know, you've only got so many characters that some people can see. So make it about the content, you know, what they're going to get out of that episode. But in the show notes, fill it, fill it, fill it. Do a video version of your podcast where you can tag them. So on Instagram, you can do collaboration posts, which is two Instagram accounts essentially uploading the same post. So everyone, so if we do a collaboration post, all of your followers will see Kane Barron has posted in, you know, with Ashley Morris. Mm. So then, so I'm waiting for some sort of like comment about how <laughs> much you'd be helping me out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like, <laughs> for the people listening on audio, that's just going to be a weird pause. Yes, right. <laughs> but listen. So that's automatically now I'm getting in front of your audience and vice versa. On stories, I can tag, you can reshare. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're tagging them. If we wanted to, we could do a live. So let's say we both went live right now. Your audience is being notified that I I'm with you. Mm-hmm. My audience is being notified that you're with me. You can tap into that audience that way. So you're leveraging them through SEO and people searching their name. So if people search for their name, your content comes up. You're leveraging social media. So when I'm seeing tagged with you and we're doing collaborations, I'm now getting in front of your audience, which is powerful. But in terms of getting other future guests, I mentioned about, you know, who do you know that I could interview? Um, Seeing who they're connected with and DMing them directly saying, hey, they're introducing me to you. And one thing that's actually really powerful is if you repurpose all of your clips, every podcast you do, you repurpose it and you've got a well-populated social media feed. If I'm going after a big name and they're scrolling through your feed and you go, oh, well, they've been doing this for a while because people don't like new things, right? So if you're a brand new podcast and you've got, you know, 10 followers and you've got three posts and I'm going after a decent name in my space, they're like, well, this might not be worth my time because they might stop doing this soon. But if you've got dozens or like a hundred plus clips, audiograms, images with guests, and your guests look incredible, well, your future guests who you're pitching, if they go through your social media, they'll be like, oh, well, they're repurposing the clips and they look really good and they get good engagement. Well, not only am I getting traction on their podcast, but I'll get traction on their social media. And maybe they'll let me use those clips from my social media because their guests look really great. I want to look that great. So I've had a couple of clients who we've spoken about have done this like really well where they've got their entire Instagram feed, right? It's like two, 300 graphics and videos over the last year or so. And even on highlights as well on Instagram from the podcast where their audience or their guest looks fantastic. And they've even said like future guests said, oh, I wasn't sure at first, but then I saw how consistent you were and what great names you've had previously. So they're scrolling through and that's social proof. Oh, they've had that. I know that person. Oh, they've had this, they've had that person. So you can leverage your guests in loads of ways, but you've got to make sure you're putting it out there, you're promoting it, you're repurposing it because then that acts as social proof for future guests who are maybe more famous, more notable. 
Mm, 100%. Because people don't really realise if you just get a guest and do nothing with it, it's actually not that beneficial. I remember speaking to someone at an event um, whose first podcast episode was with Gary V, I I think. Wow. So obviously massive name. Yeah. Um, actually a property podcast, I think. So it was a little bit unrelated in what he was talking about, but it was with Gary V. and I asked him, I was like, oh, was that with your best episode? He was like, no, I actually didn't perform very well at all. You can have the best guests in the world, but if no one knows about it, yeah. then it's not going to not gonna do much. You have to market it well, definitely with the clips. Anyone who comes to me and is like, I've got these sort of contacts, these are the sort of people I'd have on my podcast, and they're big names, straight away clips. A good example of that is when we launched recently, um, he managed to get Greg Wallace, obviously a very well-known name on his podcast. Clips, some of them hit like 50,000 in terms of views, and this was before he launched. So obviously a lot of that then trickled down to his launch. Greg actually posted it on his stories. These helped him get into quite high up the charts in business and entrepreneurship, which is obviously a very, very competitive space to the top 10 in entrepreneurship um, and quite high up in business as well. And someone that's had like no social following. He doesn't have any social following. His social media has not really been his thing. So it was a very, very impressive result. Considering that, he just really leveraged his guests well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because he had a couple of big guests and the clips worked well for him, getting those guys to share it. And the other thing is, if your guest is someone with a podcast, because it's actually more valuable to be a guest, don't approach someone and say, can be a guest on my show. Approach them and say, can we do an episode swap? I spoke about this the other day, so I don't want to go too much into it. But if you're a guest on their show, as well as them being on your show, there's mutual beneficiary because they get extra content and you get the chance to hijack their audience in the nicest way possible. And they're doing the same to you. So there's that's way, way more valuable than just being a guest. And I think the clips if you've got the ability to do so, it should really be lent into if you've got some big name guests. Yeah, and I mentioned the starting point is who's in your network or your network's network. So you could, like Gary Vee gets a really good guest early on. Don't forget, if you've been podcasting a year, 18 months, whatever, you might have a really tiny audience to start with and a pretty good size by the end of those two years or whatever it may be. Not everyone would have gone back and listened to your back catalogue. And if that's mm. a good episode, re-upload it. Yeah. We've re-uploaded loads of episodes for clients where they've got like a belter of a guest really early on, but it hasn't got the downloads that it deserves. Mm. Re-upload it, right? Sure. There's no harm in that. Go back and do, if you've, let's say we've got a lot of people that we know that have done like Zoom podcasts and they're only audio only for now, but they've got the video there for the Zoom. Go back through, sift through it or get an editor to it. Start clips, right? It's never too late to do these things. You can re-upload, you can go back on old content, you can republish and, and maximize it. So there's lots you can do to get great guests. And to be honest, anybody can get guests. Don't worry about, oh, will I find any? Yeah, you will. Absolutely. Podcasters are always looking for guests to collaborate with. There's loads of people in your network or a few degrees of separation away from you. Referrals, do related search. There's any sector, any niche, there's loads of people. But the great guests, they're a lot more rare. And don't hold yourself to try and get the very best guest all the time. Because for many of the clients we've worked with, their biggest growth on podcasting and YouTube happens about two or three times a year. They'll get two or three guests out of like 52 mm. that give them an enormous spike. And that's that then brings up their like, surface level of subscribers right so you do that two or three times a year over three years for example that's how you get from a nobody to an enormous show Mm. is you know five to ten great guests over a few years so 
follow these steps to get good guests. But I, I tell you what, another one is sometimes it's not even the best name. So sometimes it's the best content, and that's where the clips really matter. Well, that's what well. I was going to bring up is um, Eventful Lives podcast. Uh, Dodge Woodall, who by the way listens to the podcast. So if you're listening, shout out to you, Dodge. Um, his content goes viral all the time. His podcast, unbelievable, and it's not necessarily like the most known names. If ever, a lot of the time, I don't actually know the name of his guests, but the content and their story is so good. And the clips are done so well that he's a hugely successful podcaster and his clips go viral on literally every social channel like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. So as long as you're consistent with guests, use these strategies to get guests. Always try and punch up, always try and get the, a good name, but don't feel bad if you're not getting like uh, an Steven A-lister. Martin. Yeah, <laughs> generally like every single week, but try and get a few of those a year and you'll be surprised what compounding effect that has. Absolutely. Oh, and final point, I wouldn't use these guest sourcing companies. I would mostly just go out and DM it yourself and make it personal. We get them all the time to our generic inbox. So we've got like a generic inbox for our admin staff and our creatives. And the amount of, hi, podcaster, love the show. I delete immediately. I'm not. It's generic. You don't know anything about our show. Now, you know, we've talked about um, these software like Podmatch, for example. I've even had the um, owner and founder, Alex, on. Love that service because it's personal, right? It's like a dating app for podcasters. There's still mm. me on there talking to you, the podcast host. But these generic third-party services that charge an arm and a leg that actually will rarely get you anything good. I prefer personal DM approach is for the best results. If you are one of those services, feel free to message us and tell us why we're wrong and we can have a discussion. Yeah, and if you pay us enough money, we'll yeah, be promoting the, next, yeah. the next episode sponsored by Podcast. <laughs> Listen, guys, we appreciate you listening. And as always, if there's any content you specifically want us to cover for you, leave us a review. We do read them all and we'll do an episode just for you. And I might even give you a little shout out. Wow. How generous. See you later. <laughs>